0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Uh, welcome to kind of a special edition of the ECH Patreon exclusive bonus podcast extra plus super max whatever whatever we whatever we decided to call this uh, we'll have a name for it come the new year that's kind of our plan right now um, but you know we are making this kind of available to everybody uh, one just so you know. Everybody can get an idea of what this podcast is kind of like. We address, you know, really league-wide stuff. It's not so much focused on the Kraken, really. And, uh, you know, we also thought everybody could use some some hockey content right now because there's no hockey. Now, you know, we can. there wasn't going to be some hockey during the Christmas break, but uh, it got extended, RJ, this break without the NHL. And uh, kind of interesting how it all went down
1: absolutely i mean we were talking what a week ago about how you know it'd probably be the wise and prudent thing to do for the nhl to just kind of shut this down before the holiday break and uh you know just have some extra time like there were clearly you know active cases going on and spread going on you figured just just shut it down and well i mean we got there eventually didn't we yeah Uh, you know it wasn't the easy way but that's the nhl for you um you know it Gives me a chance to bring up one of my favorite uh, Churchill quotes. And I'm kind of paraphrasing here because just from memory, but talking about the Americans entering the war late, you know, the Americans can always be relied upon to do the right thing once every other option has been exhausted. <laughs> and uh, that's kind of where we were at with the NHL. Um, finally, you know, postponing all the games going into the holiday break, except leaving One game remaining, one game between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights. And I love that they kept this one game because it just highlights like everything that was wrong with not shutting it down. You had multiple Golden Knights players entering COVID protocol day of. You had, I believe it was Lightning coach John Cooper and like (laughs) another player entering COVID protocol the day of. Um, Clearly some spread going on here, but the game went on. Uh, as scheduled the lightning one four to three and uh that sends the nhl into the holiday break but i have a question for you dylan all should right. they have just awarded the stanley cup in that game like you <laughs> like this is these are the last two teams standing they're barely standing i mean that's kind of what the stanley cup final is anyway should they have just awarded the stanley cup there and also because we all know that's where this is headed it, it's going to be like a Lightning Golden Knights Cup final. We're going to see this again in June. Should they have just awarded it there?
0: Ugh, RJ, you, you say this every year about the Golden Knights, though. Oh, they're just going to sweep through the West. They're so good. They're so deep. And then they blow it. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I get. I don't know. Is there something, is there anything
1: different about this year's team, maybe, that, that might, I don't know, some key difference uh, compared to previous years, something, some I mean, kind of player they have now?
0: their their IR list is far better than it's been in years past. I'll give you that. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you know, we'll we'll see what uh, you know, maybe some of those players do when they eventually come back after being out of hockey for a very very long time. Um yeah, I mean, gosh, it's it's insane how the NHL has handled all this cuz even still they're not totally taking our suggestion of, you know, just copy and paste like a week and a half, two weeks into the Olympic break, which we'll get to in a moment, the Olympic news. Uh just because like this, okay, you you postponed already more games than you had still scheduled. So it's not like, you know, really getting rid of all these games is doing that much for you. You were you were really backed into the corner there. And we're just gonna be back to playing hockey in what? Like five days? Four days? Like it's Four days. Yeah, four four days. Omicron going to be like over and done by then? Probably not. Like, like you're just going to end up in the same situation where for the rest of this year, probably going into, you know, the new year, you're going to be postponing games for some teams. You're going to have star players all over the place out of games, which, you know, is less than ideal as you're trying to get fans to go back to games already. That's now hard because you have, this new variant going crazy, Uh, you have, you know, in Canada, right, you have uh, limitations on how many people can be in an arena, all that stuff. And then it's like, oh, yeah, you know, come come to this awesome Oilers game, for instance, Uh, McDavid, Nugent Hopkins and Drysidel are all out with COVID. But you know, it's that just means it's going to be a closer game. Like, come on. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I don't get it. I don't know why they didn't just say, you know what, let's really try to get a handle on this, see if we can, you know, kind of outlast omicron if we can get everybody separated from each other enjoy the holiday enjoy the new year we'll we'll you know just postpone all these games until the olympic break where we can catch up on everything it's not going to be a travel nightmare you're not going to have you know teams playing four games in you know five or six days um but you know as as you said it's the nhl there's (laughs) why, why would you do the thing that makes the most sense it's it's just i don't know yeah, I, I we, You know, we got there eventually, and it'll be interesting
1: to see on the 26th, you know, because everyone's coming in, everyone's going to do the testing, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I feel like they're just kind of walking into that, hoping for the best, you know, yeah. and on the 26th, if everyone comes in, tests, everyone's positive, then like, I don't know, where do we go from there? But yeah. uh, keep an eye on that uh, for an eventful Boxing Day yeah, uh, for in the f- NHL.
0: For sure. It's going to be very interesting and it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, change testing and all of that stuff just to try yeah. to get through it, <laughs> you know, take, take the NFL approach of see no COVID, hear no COVID, speak no COVID, <laughs> you know, a, updated protocol. Yeah. Updated protocol. We're just going to try to act like it doesn't exist. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the smart way to handle any sort of uh, contagion probably. Uh, it's certainly the most, uh, U S military in a movie way of handling it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> any sort of blockbuster movie. Uh, let's just handle it the worst way possible. it will be great. Um, but you know, we talked about, you could po- push all those games back to the Olympic break, which is thousand percent doable now because they did announce that they're not going to the Olympics.
1: Yes. And we kind of saw this coming, but uh, official announcement is out now. Uh, and. You know, I think there was a lot of disappointment, you know, around the league, mostly the players, just that mm-hmm. this isn't going to happen. And um, that's kind of been my main takeaway also is just that for a lot of players, you know, this is kind of their chance and their window. And, um, you know, it, it will be disappointing as as just a hockey fan to not be able to see that. But obviously completely necessary and, and the no brainer choice right now.
0: Yeah, I, I still think maybe you could have done something where you left it up to the players individually. Like, Mm -hmm. for the players that really care about it, and they really, you know, they want to assume the risk of going, potentially contracting it, and then being stuck in China for five weeks. I get that that would be less than ideal if, say, Steven Stamkos goes, and you're the Lightning, and he tests positive, and he's gone for five weeks, basically for the rest of the regular season, or most of it, and you're just kind of out Steven Stamkos. Like, that would suck. Um, But, you know, given how many players had already expressed you know either disinterest in going because of that or were obviously hesitant about it. Um, I still think there was maybe room there between the league and the players association to leave it open for guys that you know maybe haven't had a chance in the past to go and this might be their last chance or bubble guys that normally wouldn't be able to make teams but because a couple people are deciding not to go, they can go. Or um, as we had talked about, some of the teams, some of the countries that don't normally maybe have a shot, maybe if they can get all their NHLers to go while other, you know, bigger countries don't get as many, maybe that evens the playing field a little, makes things interesting. Um, But at the end of the day, I mean, this is what the NHL wanted all along. They didn't want to have to send the players to the Olympics. They don't want to lose, you know, potential injuries to anybody. They don't want to lose them for that amount of time for something that, you know, ultimately doesn't help their bottom line
1: yeah and it's the cleanest solution to i mean you talk about having some players be able to go you know if they want to and you know while i think that would have been good for some of the players that, that wanted to go um, i think it also helps given how many players that we heard from that were hesitant about that sort of thing and didn't want to go it also takes a lot of the pressure off of them mm-hmm. uh, you know not having that well are you going to go are you not and then You know, because if the option's still available to them, like, oh, do you not, you know, want to play for your country enough? Mm -hmm. It just it removes all those questions, and they just don't have to deal with it, which you know is nice for any player who had any hesitation about that.
0: Right. Do you think this is going to lead to some sort of return of the uh, World Cup? I do. I do not. uh, You know, maybe not next year, but I I think
1: certainly the NHL is going to try and get some sort of uh, best on best tournament going because one, it's a huge moneymaker. And two, Mm -hmm. there just hasn't been one in a while. Um, I I think there's enough appetite, especially since people were so excited over the Olympics. Mm -hmm. I think the opportunity is certainly there. You know, we'll need to have COVID more in the rear view mirror, obviously, before starting to plan that sort of thing. Uh, But I do think we'll we'll see something like that maybe in a couple of years time.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, too. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of formats they go with this time around. Obviously yeah. got, got a little creative last time with things. Uh, it, it would be interesting. Uh, but that's, that's kind of it for League News. Obviously not much going on this <laughs> week with all the postponements, with the holiday break. Um, but we thought it was a good opportunity for us because we've been so focused on the Kraken trying to do our best to cover them really you know break we've been doing the post games after every game breaking down each game that you know kind of keeps us from watching things around the league um kind of you know focusing day you, even on the off days right you're there at every practice you're there doing all that stuff it 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 takes time away from looking at the league as a whole and so you know one of the things we do on this Patreon exclusive podcast is kind of that's our opportunity to look at stuff and and look around the league and talk about the big stories and stuff of the past week. But we haven't had an opportunity really to just look at how this year is going. Who's yep. who's doing well? Who's maybe, you know, disappointing a little like the Kraken? If there's anybody that's in that same boat. Um who the statistical leaders are. Uh I you know, briefly glanced at them. At, you know, I'll keep my eye on them kind of throughout and there's certainly been some surprising things this year so surprising names in certain categories. So, um I think this is the perfect opportunity while the league is on pause for us to look at the league as a whole and kind of, you know, just just give some thoughts about what we're seeing. So, RJ, let's let's just start with standings. I think that's probably mm-hmm. the safest, easiest place to start. We can talk about that. Let's let's kind of go division by division. Um, you know, the entire world seems to always want to go east to west on these sorts of things only because you know league offices are always on the east Coast uh, it's where all the important people live for some reason I don't know why um but we'll we'll go ahead and follow suit just because it's easy and that way we can also build up to the Pacific division our home division it'll be fun so we'll start with the Atlantic division RJ uh, anything stand out to you when you kind of look at the standings for the Atlantic division
1: um I guess the first thing that stands out to me is Detroit being as mm-hmm. high up as they are. Yeah. Um, they talked about wanting to be a little more competitive this year. It's, it's a kind of a longer term rebuild, but they've had some younger guys, uh, you know, like Lucas Raymond that have stepped up and uh, yeah, I mean, sitting in that, in that four spot right now, you know, fifth as far as points percentage, but um, I think we all kind of expected them to be toward the bottom of the standings uh, when the season started and they've, they've been a surprise. How about you?
0: Yeah, Detroit is is kind of the obvious one. Buffalo not being last, I think, also <laughs> is something that, you know, kind of stands out to me. Um, I really thought Ottawa was, was going to be better this year. I thought they were going to kind of be able to kind of take a step forward, similar to what Detroit's doing, where it was kind of like, OK, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, you know, for us. We've been going through the rebuild. Um, so a little surprised by, you know, Ottawa. Montreal is completely unsurprising to me I know you know we we talked kind of before the season I think a lot of people knew that the the run to this cup final last year was uh probably not a sustainable thing some turnover on that team in the off season. obviously being without Carey Price for much of this year you know contributes to them not being great and Shea, Weber. and Shea Weber obviously yeah that's a huge loss too so um but I will say you know Detroit they're gonna get leapfrogged by Boston Boston's got 5 games in hand. Uh you look at Detroit a- again, not a perfect statistic, but just looking at goal differential, negative 16. It's mm-hmm. it's hard to sustain success when you when you got a goal differential like that for any long period of time. Otherwise, you know, no surprise Tampa at the top, Toronto's up there. Can't wait to see how they lose in the first round of the playoffs this year. Should be fun. Gonna be exciting. Probably to Florida. Yeah, which would make sense right like i could totally see that (laughs) happening uh i don't think there'd be a lot of surprises there uh but over to the metropolitan division i mean carolina seems unbeatable right now
1: they really do and you know they've just been playing really well and you know even going back to kind of the last couple seasons just the way that they and they play you know in a fun manner too i just Mm -hmm. i love watching how they play especially their power play so much puck and player movement it's great um But yeah, it's going to be really hard to to take them down. I mean, um, let's see, seven forty one save percentage. That is that is tops in the NHL.
0: Um, Points percentage. Yeah.
1: Points percentage. What did I say?
0: Save percentage. I'm like, that's that's a pretty terrible save percentage, RJ. Okay.
1: Yeah. Holiday break getting yeah yeah
0: I know. No, but yeah, it's it's incredible what they're doing. I don't see, you know, given the the formatting for the playoffs, like this team is going to be in the Eastern Conference final. Like sure, it would, sure feels that way. It would be very hard. I know Washington is keeping pace with them from a points per, you know, standpoint and stuff and and even, you know, again looking at goals goal differential, they're kind of there with Carolina. Uh it's obvious that this is kind of a two-team division. I know the Rangers are there. We'll get to them in a second, but um I just don't think Washington's quite got the team Carolina does. They don't have the depth. And I, I certainly don't think come playoff hockey time, they'd be able to, to keep up with Carolina. But speaking of the Rangers, you know, they felt like they were a playoff team. Obviously, at the end of last season, they're in a playoff spot now. But I don't know. I, I feel like they're more so he, where they are just because of the division they play in, rather than because this team is you know this legitimate.
1: Hmm. I mean, you know, last season they were one of those teams that you know the points, you know, didn't show they were better than what the points showed. It felt like, um, mm-hmm. and now maybe it's kind of the other way around this season. <laughs> um, you know, these things average out whether it's over the course mm-hmm. of a couple seasons or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, the the Rangers, you know, have an impressive
0: record, but
1: um. I don't know, you sense some kind of cracks beneath the surface there?
0: Yeah, I mean, I got to think of most of this is just Shisterkin. Like Although they have been without him for the last little while. Yeah, they have been, but I, I still feel like, I mean, he's been so lights out when he's in. Like he is just absolutely unbeatable, probably playing the best of any goaltender around right now, or at least when he was in. Uh, so I think that, that helped them. But yeah, I mean, they are getting some production from guys that in the past have disappointed. And, and then, you know, anytime you get uh, guys like uh, Chris Kreider, 18 goals, like go figure (laughs) that that helps, I guess. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Uh, Otherwise, I mean, rest of the division, not too many surprises except for, I guess the Islanders down at the bottom, but even they have kind of got reasons for that.
1: Yeah, they do. I mean, when you start the season off on such a long road trip and, you know, with the COVID issues as well, mm-hmm. it's just been so difficult on them. Uh, I mean, it's it's about as rough of a start as you can have circumstantially, you know, that, that maybe that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Do you think that they are going to turn it around? I mean, they've done a little bit better recently, but they're, you know, still haven't gotten into that maybe longer winning streak that we maybe thought we'd see to have them get back in it.
0: The the one thing that concerns me, and we know how good they are, come playoff time, and and come that kind of grind it out, we're gonna wear you out in a playoff series, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're gonna make sure to target all your broken ribs all the time. <laughs> but it's the one thing that 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 makes me pause, even though they have you know three, four, five games in hand on some of the other teams in their division. Where are the goal is gonna come from? Like they're just not scoring and i don't see really anything on this roster that's going to completely change that around compared to years previously right like yes guys are kind of in a slump on this team right now but at the same time they lost jordan everley to the kraken they didn't replace him with anybody like that was just you know a 20 plus goal scorer out of your lineup just disappears you don't you don't have anybody to fill that spot um I, I just think it's one of those teams where they're kind of top heavy. You know who's going to do the damage. You can then play matchups on that control Barzell as much as you can. Uh, get guys like Brock Nelson out of the way. Like like you know how to play the Islanders, and I feel mm-hmm. like they're not doing anything. and And I don't know that they have the roster to kind of, you know, play around that. And I, and, and what
1: I... would hurt you with them in the past was also just the depth scoring that they mm-hmm. had where it wasn't always the case that you, I mean, you could try and take out the top guys, but you'd have guys lower in the lineup that would step up. I mean, even those grinding lines that mm-hmm. would score sometimes. And it just hasn't been the case. I mean, you've got certain guys like, you know, Anthony Beauvillier, only four goals, you know, yeah. through 24 games. You, you want to see that be better. Um, you know, Barzell still generating plenty of offense, but you know, five goals, mm-hmm. um, you know, Oliver Wallstrom, you know, has has done well to step up, but like how much can you really ask of you know twenty-one year old winger there? Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the goals just have to start coming from some of those guys that are that are maybe a little bit stink bitten or or just kind of maybe having to be relied upon too much for offense.
0: Yeah. I mean, what happened to Josh Bailey, man?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right. There was uh there was talk of the kraken taking him instead of uh Everly. You know, what a smokescreen that was
0: yeah i was gonna say I, I don't know we didn't put much stock into that when it when it no. was happening all right so moving on to the western conference a little bit more familiar territory for us looking at the central division minnesota did, did i not say that cutting the dead weight of Prise and Suter, buying out those contracts was going to work yeah. out beautifully for this team or what I mean, you did say that. We'll see when they actually have
1: to face the cap implications next season. Uh, they're not really fully paying for it at the moment. Uh, you know, that kind of this is the year that they're going to be okay. But, you know, they were definitely a surprise team last season. Mm-hmm. And I think this season they're showing that, yeah, in fact, they were legit.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're just scoring like crazy. And I think that's that's the big thing. They are getting. So many goals from from depth guys on their team, like like the they've got four guys double digit goal totals for this year already, like that's, that's pretty so impressive, hot. you know. And then you still got guys like Matt Zuccarello who missed some time and he's at eight goals. So you you know you're getting the production from the guys that you want to get the production from, and you're getting some depth scoring. Like you just look down the list and it's like everybody, including like all of their defensemen, have three plus goals. Like yeah. Like everybody's just scoring total team effort, and it's like, well, that's why this team is winning. Like, it's it's kind of hard to lose in that situation. They're getting decent goaltending, nothing great out of like Cam Talbot and stuff, but it's it's goaltending that you can win with, and that's I think mm-hmm. most important right now when you're scoring the way they're scoring.
1: Absolutely, when you play that way, you know, in in front of your goaltending, you you just need to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and and certainly when you're when you're scoring that much. Um, I'm trying to look for their team shooting percentage. Do you have it?
0: Uh, eleven point one.
1: Okay, that's <laughs> that's pretty that's good. Pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> that's
0: pretty good. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, you got John Merrill rocking three goals already this year. That's that's <laughs> you're doing something right yeah, when that's happening. Exactly. Things are going well, and you know, watching them in the couple of games against the Kraken that we've seen, it it kind of makes sense why they're scoring the way they are they've kind of figured out a nice way of attacking the slot, getting guys open in the slot, drawing defenders away maybe behind the net or into the corners, opening things up and then just, you know, w- putting themselves in good situations to score, high danger chances and taking advantage of them when they get them. And uh, yeah. I mean like that's just textbook what you want to do playing hockey. <laughs> like it's it's, <laughs> yep. it's it can be that simple. Every... Yeah. Uh, looking at the rest of the division, you know Colorado. Expect them to move up a little. They've got a couple games in hand on on people. That team probably still going to end up tops on the division. Probably yeah, end up in the so. Western Conference Final. You got to think. Once everybody comes back healthy, obviously play a long time without McKinnon. McCarr's been on COVID. Like they've been hit by things. Um, that being said, Nazem Kadri is just holding down the fort being awesome this year go figure
1: yeah. yeah i mean i like that scoring output like i i certainly didn't see that coming but he has absolutely stepped up with other guys out uh I, weren't we talking about you know the abs potentially leaving him unprotected mm-hmm. and all this stuff after you know yet another playoff suspension last year but you know they, they know the kind of player that he is and the value that he can bring and i mean we've certainly seen that this season
0: yeah and and again talk about depth i mean you just look down at the names on this roster, and it's just like, phew, yeah, they're fine. Like, yeah, how many how many centers do you have with with four plus goals? It's like, oh, like seventeen. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it, definitely one of those you know sleeping giants that we've seen, and we'll get to that a little bit later with you know Vegas and the Pacific, where mm-hmm. not the hottest start, but so much talent, you know that they're they're gonna be just fine.
0: Yeah, and uh, Arizona. Already six wins, RJ. Fourteen points. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive for them. Like they're given that they roster, doing? <laughs>
1: absolutely. Louis Erickson carrying the carrying the team, driving the bus.
0: Yeah, they, I mean, a lot. What has been funny is a lot of those guys, a lot of those contract dumps on that team. Like they they are feeling it. It's it's kind of funny uh, to watch. They're motivated. They really are. Uh, and you know, only minus fifty three gold differential. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's pretty solid. Uh, Winnipeg, you consider them kind of a disappointment so far.
1: Um, I suppose so. I, you know, they this is kind of what they do though, as we've talked about in previous <laughs> podcasts. Yeah, you know, they're never all that impressive at this point in the regular season. You know, they kind of turn it on later in the season and then you know look a little better than they did early on. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll be all right. There's enough talent there, you know, to turn it around. But with the coaching change and everything, with um Paul Maurice being out. You know, we'll see what kind of changes they uh, they decide to turn to for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, uh, the bottom line takeaway from the Central Division is like, wow, what a mediocre division. Like everybody is going to be slightly above 500 at the end of the year.
1: Right. I, I mean, I think that's what a result also of just the division being kind of, kind of so competitive and so closely lumped together skill wise. Like Colorado, Minnesota, those aren't teams I would describe as mediocre. I think the Blues also. You know, they're looking a lot better. I think they're out of their kind of post-Cup win slump. um, And they're kind of refreshed. They've got some younger names coming in and contributing. Uh, So I I think they're a team to watch out for as well. So I do think they have some contenders there. But just because there's so many of them, points-wise, it's not going to look too impressive.
0: No, and it's just probably going to be the funnest playoff race to watch. Like, in-division playoff race, it'll be fun. Last but certainly not least, RJ, the Pacific Division... I mean, we've talked about the Kraken ad nauseum, but got to bring it up. Seven points behind Vancouver at the bottom of this division, not where we thought the Kraken would be at all.
1: No, I mean, that's arguably the biggest surprise in the division, and there's some other big surprises. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I I don't think anyone, you know, anticipated that the Kraken would be necessarily this bad. You know, all the models, everything uh, showed that they were you know, somewhere between an 85 and a, and a 95 point team. uh, And that is certainly not the pace they're on. Um, and, and so Dylan question for you. And I, I know we've talked about the crack and ad nauseum, <laughs> but like we, we predicted this would be like a 90 something point team. Yeah. Looking at the reality now, someone, if you had like gone back, you know, to you at the start of the season mm-hmm. and be like, okay, this is where they are, where they are. Like, what would be the number one re- the number one reason where you're just like, okay, well, that's why it didn't happen. Well, that's why they weren't good.
0: As far as, like, what I would have guessed or, why, like, what I would say like now? What you would have
1: guessed if you had just known they're not going to be as good. Like, what happened? What do you think would have happened?
0: I mean, I I, I guess the easy answer would have been injuries. Like, I would have been mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, the whole team must have gotten hurt. Like, both goaltenders were down, all that stuff, I guess. Because I but, legitimately yeah. looking at the roster seeing what kind of roster it was guessing at the play style, which obviously has been the big reason I think why it hasn't happened. Uh, I would have been like, Oh, it would have had to have been injuries. Little did I know they wouldn't be able to buy a save defense would not play well defensively, despite everybody supposedly being good at it, or at least being good at it in all their previous places. Um, new goal scoring was going to be an issue, but wow. It's, it's just still been surprising.
1: Yeah. I just, everything so different than our, our yeah. team preview video. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. Uh,
0: elsewhere in the division.
1: Yes. There's also some other surprises.
0: Yeah. So Vegas finally turned it on. No surprise there. Uh, knew that was going to happen. Anaheim though. Wow. <laughs> I mean, we both hadn't had them to finish last in the division. Uh You did. You know, mentioned they have a lot of names they had they were banged up last year you know they should have they were going to be better this year than they were last year knew that knew they had young guys coming in but it was also like they've had you know guys like Troy Terry on this roster for a year year and a half already hadn't done anything, certainly did not expect him to come in all of a sudden magically have the best shot in the league and just go crazy.
1: I can't believe what we've seen from Troy Terry. Like, I watched him. We both watched, you know, mm-hmm. a fair amount of him last year, the year before. I don't know where this player was, yeah. um, but it's incredible what he's done. He's just so dangerous with that shot. And I thought it might slow down after kind of a hot start to the season. It's not slowing down at all. I think mm-hmm. I just think this is what he is now.
0: Yeah, I mean, twenty four percent shooting percentage probably not sustainable. That's a that's a little out, out there. Uh, but seeing his shot in person multiple times now, it's legit, and it's and he is going to be a sniper in this league for a while now. It it, it is. It's just kind of crazy. Twenty four. Usually, you see some hint of it beforehand. It's not even like he hasn't played with legit guys on this team even. Before. like they've given him chances before and it just hasn't been there um but you know it it's obviously clicking now figured it out good for him good for the ducks i guess uh not happy that it's in the division but you know what what are you gonna do zegris though being the zegris that everybody kind of predicted all along that's not a surprise but then you know you look at their next two Uh, High scores tied at 21 points. Sonny Milano and Ryan Getzloff. Just like we predicted, right? They would be great assets to this Ducks team. Go figure.
1: Yep. Getzloff finding the fountain of youth. Mm -hmm. Giving him his game back. Not his hair back, but his game back. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, Sonny Milano. I mean, he was kind of banged up last season. We we were talking about him as a potential expansion draft pick. He was exposed. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I, I think you know, it, it helps having some line mates as well who are playing better now, yes. uh, but wow, but another guy who just kind of came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, uh, developed great chemistry with Trevor Zegers, and uh, and yes. that's obviously helped, and, you know, Sonny Milano, it's easy now with hindsight, can look back, not the greatest of developmental situations for who he was, the style of player he was, and, you know the coaching that they had in Columbus at the time. Uh, you could see why maybe he would be more of a late bloomer now, figuring things out in a different system with different players. Uh, but it'll be interesting, you know, is this going to be just like a, you know, Chris Kunitz, Pascal Dupuy playing with Sidney Crosby type thing where they have fantastic chemistry with this absolute great player and that's kind of really what's driving it? Or is this just kind of the Sonny Milano that, you know, showed he was a super skilled player You know, way back in the day, going into his draft class, Uh, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, at the end of the day, Ducks teams have always been built around depth on defense, and this year that's showing up as everybody's healthy.
1: Yep, it makes a big difference, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, just just a little. And then you know, you lose John Gibson, but Anthony Stolarz of all people. What's a very similar kind of path to what like Jack Campbell? Some of these guys, Mm -hmm. right? They just top prospect type people flame out where they were originally kind of disappear for a year or two, pop back up as a, as a backup somewhere else. And magically they found their game at 28 years old. Just Yeah. And I like
1: Anthony Stolarz too. I mean, he's, he's always had the size. He's always mm-hmm. kind of had that, you know, big goalie frame and his underlying numbers too, in the AHL have been good. Um, he's someone I looked at, you know, again, as potential expansion draft pick for the Kraken out of Anaheim. And I'm like, you know, all the numbers here suggest that he's ready for at least an NHL backup role. Maybe someone who could even be part of a tandem, and uh, you know he's played kind of according to that so far. So I mean, great start for him.
0: Yeah, I I just remember trying to, them trying to force it in in Philadelphia with him. Yes, and it just was never going to work. Now, he, again, kind of like with Sonny Milano easy to look back and just be like, well, no one was ever going to work in Philadelphia (laughs) as a goaltender. Uh, so, you know, maybe that had something to do with it, but it is, it is always interesting. Some of those, some of those top goalie prospects, how, you know, just because they're kind of, they're labeled a bust and, and the team has to move on from them at some point, doesn't mean that they can't pop up a few years later and make things happen. Calgary, you were, you were far more on the Calgary train than I was, coming into this season, and uh, boy, were you right. Although, you know, <laughs> the depth of scoring on this team is a little surprising. Yeah, you know,
1: never doubt Daryl Sutter. Never, d- <laughs> never doubt a Daryl Sutter team. They will find ways to score as much as they need to, when they mm-hmm. need to, um, even if it's from guys like Andrew Mangiapani.
0: Yeah, or Milan Lucic, seven goals. Go figure.
1: <laughs> Lucic and Sutter, man, it worked it worked for one season in LA. Yep.
0: Uh oh, it's it's kind of wild. I mean, it's it, they have some depth of scoring, like I said, it is it's coming from some surprising guys at unsustainable rates. Um but at the same time, uh, yeah, I'm I'm back on board with you. You just can't doubt can't doubt Sutter and and what he can get out of goaltenders I mean 931 team save percentage is pretty remarkable and it doesn't seem like that's going to go away anytime soon either no I mean it would look unsustainable on the surface but you look at his
1: history with teams and it's really just that they play a certain way defensively to support Mm -hmm. their goalies you obviously need the goaltender to step up and and, you know do his part of that Uh, but with that defensive structure that you know Eddie Daryl Sutter team is going to have it gives the goalies every
0: opportunity to do that. And more often than not, they step up. Exactly. Edmonton doing their thing. Um, I, I don't know that there's a contender yet though. Like, no, it's just, I don't, I don't see it.
1: They live and die on, you know, these shooting percentage benders from their Mm -hmm. superstars, which you know, unlike any other team, they can actually do and be okay because of the level of superstars they have. Uh, but it's a team that certainly, you know, over the last couple weeks with these this losing streak they've been on, have showed that, you know, they're not a kind of a fundamentally sound built team. Um, and they're very volatile, but, you know, sometimes that can get you success in the playoffs, you know, over a short sample size. But I don't know. They just, there's too many weaknesses there still.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't believe Zach Hyman didn't come in and just fix all of their problems. Like yeah, I thought, that was the only issue, right? I thought that's, I thought that's what you know was going to happen. Um, they had, they got rings in the room now. Duncan Keith, what's, what's <laughs> going on? I don't get it. Uh, yeah, no, this, this team looks exactly like we'd expect they would. It's unbelievable looking at their cap friendly page. <laughs> like, just <laughs> where certain uh, dollars are allocated. Uh, as far as return on those dollars is is kind of crazy but it's funny
1: because i remember looking at the oilers cap friendly page God, must have been five years ago with you mm-hmm. and because we gave ourselves a challenge we sat down one day because this is what we do for fun because we're weird yeah uh, we sat down one day both of us with the oilers cap friendly page we're like all right what would you do if you were the gm how do you fix this and just go step by step how do you fix Mm -hmm. this and i think we both came to the agreement that there were just so many bad contracts on the books it started with waiting three years yeah like you have to wait three years before anything you can realistically do and at that point you can kind of use the space Mm -hmm. and here we are at least three or maybe five Mm -hmm. years later and you look around and it's kind of a similar situation it's somehow worse i think Like yeah, At least the Koskinen contract is almost off the books. That's yeah. the one of the ones we were saying we had to wait for. Yeah, there was just uh, no way
0: to deal with it. Uh, but it's it's wild. Wow, this is one of those teams. Like, There's always some teams where it's just like, how do they have seemingly more money than anybody else? Mm-hmm. Vancouver's always been kind of that team. It's like, how do they just have all these contracts? It makes no sense. Um, and Edmonton is kind of that way now, and, and is certainly going to be that way moving forward for the next little bit. And it's just... They're going to go as far as Dreisaitl and McDavid can drag the rest of the team to some respect. And, you know, I love guys like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. They have other good players. Don't get me wrong. Darnell Nurse is really good. Um, But the depth is not there. I just don't see anything about this team that's going to lead to playoff success. Goaltending. I mean, what? You're just going to keep... How long are you going to ride Mike Smith as your best (laughs) goaltender? At least 50.
1: I guess really? so keep it going
0: get him on the tv 12 diet get, get him going yep. um I really think their best
1: chance at winning a cup with this court is just that Stuart Skinner comes in and just mm-hmm. gets really hot for yeah. you know a month
0: yeah but I, I even that I don't know that it's sustainable we've seen no very... you don't
1: want to you don't want to build your. No, no, to, no. On that. Uh,
0: I just mean like I don't even know that he could get hot for long enough like we've seen such up and down play from him. Even it's just, I never, yeah, I, know. I never rule anything out, but that's true. That's true. And um, I guess just to kind of finish it up, we talked a lot about Vancouver last week on the, on the podcast, given all their changes. Um, I don't know how sustainable it's going to be long-term for the, the rest of this regular season. And um, you know, they still, they, they got a little bit of a hole to dig themselves out of um, San Jose and LA though. Play, you know punch it above their weight seems like yeah they are i mean the kings
1: are are doing better than i thought I remember mean, you were more on kind of on the king's mm-hmm. train than i was uh and it's impressive despite because they've had some absences really i mean Quinton byfield you know that was a huge bummer for them losing him you know right at the start of the season yeah they haven't even had him to
0: contribute uh and how about jonathan quick he's back he's totally back who definitely the thing I did not see coming more so than anything else in the NHL I think would be Jonathan Quick coming in 930 save percentage and with an 18 game sample size it's not like oh he played two games and then hurt himself again like it's 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 he's actually getting that done and that's that's crazy for them I mean good for them but yes a lot of the reason I was high on the Kings this year when a lot of other people weren't was around the young guys coming in and giving them this like influx of skill and depth and all this stuff and and that actually hasn't really been the reason for their success this year so i was completely wrong about why they'd be successful uh despite the fact that they are you know kind of as successful as i thought they'd be i think i had them finishing maybe fourth in the division you know kind of with calgary fourth fifth or vancouver i mean right um yeah, it's it's been interesting. That being said, you know some of the young guys are still in there getting some stuff done. But yeah, Byfield, whenever he gets back, he, It's
1: gonna be a huge boost for them.
0: Yeah, it could be the thing that kind of pushes them over the top as far as you know maybe stealing a wild card spot.
1: Absolutely, they just need to hang in there, you know, till that kind of that home stretch to get Byfield back, and then uh, you know that that should be their ticket. Uh, as for the Sharks, I want to talk about them real quick mm-hmm. because I can I can to being exactly right about them here they're doing exactly what i thought they would they are on pace to finish ninth or tenth in the west (laughs) one of the top non-playoff spots the worst place to be Mm -hmm. uh they are definitely much improved over last season but not nearly as improved enough to go to the playoffs no so yeah they are in the worst spot and uh yeah just remain in denial and doing the worst thing for the organization
0: yep it's uh it's crazy what uh getting some saves will do to a team that's all it's been. <laughs> that's, that's all it's been. It's pretty remarkable.
1: uh Rhymer. You know,
0: yeah, Eric Carlson's t- coming back. I mean, that's he's getting that's points. Big. Yeah, he's getting points. Yeah. it's You know, that's that's all you can ask from him. I, I guess at this at point. This point. Yes. Um. Yeah. It's it's just one of those things. Really, the thing to look for is just continue to develop the young guys, get them going, and and at some point you just got to make a call on Hurdle Meyer, figure out what what the long-term That's plan going to be is a
1: difficult decision we'll we'll see at the trade deadline what they do yeah
0: because uh you know talk about contracts for several more years weighing a team down shark's got some doozies still <laughs> yep all right so that does it for standings um i think that went pretty good so let's move over to you know statistical leaders and stuff um just kind of talk more so about some individual performances that maybe we didn't touch on uh, as we went team by team, there, you look at something like goals, like looking at the counting stats first before we get into anything analytical. Um, oh, big surprise! McDavid Dryside tied for first in points, right? Like,
1: yeah, who saw that coming? <laughs>
0: uh, certainly, no one. Uh, can't imagine how horrible the odds are every year in Vegas, like for prop bets on that. <laughs> but you know, third in points, kind of to- you know, really the only person keeping pace with them, Alex Ovechkin. Like, love to see it absolutely love to see it fantastic year for ovechkin 22 goals we know he's chasing Gretzky he signed that contract with you know it's, it's very much laid out for him to kind of get around Gretzky right around when that contract's up uh probably you know retire at the end of that if he does get to Gretzky and uh I mean talk about ageless wonders it's it's alex ovechkin he's remarkably aged better than any of those other guys of kind of his generation all those stars which is nuts when you think about how he played for so long
1: yes he would always play very physically and that mm. was what we were talking about as far as his potential to break Gretzky's record as well his body's just going to break down right mm-hmm. he's not going to age that he's not going to age well given how he's played and yet he's just aging better than anyone else um I don't know having that kind of size that that just, you know, that thickness in the body, like, you know, I it, mean, it, it, I guess it, it'll do you well. Um, but it's just incredible what he's been able to do this season, not just even from a goal scoring perspective. But, you know, he's racking up assists. He's just generating offense nonstop
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: in a way that, you know, very few players of his age have been able to do. I mean, you know, he's 36. Yeah. You know, what are the 36-year-olds in, in league history have we seen do something like this? You know, it's very rare. So, He's certainly off to a great start in this mm-hmm. contract, as far as catching Gretzky. Um, let's see, Ovechkin's got seven hundred fifty-two goals. Gretzky at eight ninety-four. Mm-hmm. You know, that's uh, hundred forty-three to beat him. Yeah, to I do mean, the math. People have done the math, but yeah. he, he's off to a good start.
0: Yeah, and you know the fact that he's shooting over fifteen percent for the third time in four years. Like that's crazy. Like you look at that for any other player
1: and you think they're on a shooting percentage bender. This is unsustainable, but no, this is just who this guy is. This is who Ovechkin is.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of, it's kind of crazy that as he's gotten older, obviously the goal scoring has stayed consistent for him, which is one thing into of itself, but his safe percentage is actually getting better. Gone are the days where he's like blowing everybody out of the water and shots taken where it's just like a pure volume thing like he's gotten better what, about just what is up with us today you said save percentage this is like shooting perce- per- <laughs> wow that's just yeah, you're right to yeah. that today i don't i don't get it either um but but yes it's it's kind of crazy because i mean he's leading in shots this year but you look at the last couple years not quite the volume that you're used to seeing from him he's picking his spots a little better and um you know, yes, you're seeing it this year with the assists. I mean, he's got more assists than goals. When was the last time that happened? Has it ever happened? I'm looking at his page. It hasn't, I don't think it's happened since 2010, 2011, that he's had more assists than wow. goals. So um, yeah, oh no, 2016, 2017, he had three more assists than goals. But but again, it's, it's kind of crazy. He's really taken it upon himself to be the offense for Washington this year, be a little bit more of a complete offensive player. And and I think that's opening up windows for himself. He is evolving as he needed to as he got older. Right. Like that was part of the question. You can't play as reckless and aggressive as you did when you were young. I know Russian machine never break, but like it's (laughs) it's still it's one of those things. And uh, we're seeing the evolution from him, And it's and it's awesome.
1: That's one of the most amazing things to watch in a sport is seeing players who with age kind of have to reinvent their games a mm-hmm. little bit and the great ones being able to do it so well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, just being alive in the time that we have, we've been so lucky to see that, um, you know, Tom Brady kind of changing how he's played mm-hmm. a little bit. Tiger Woods is another one, you know, couldn't mm-hmm. just go with the ball with as much power. Um, and, and now Alex Ovechkin it's, it's just great to see.
0: Yeah. And Unlike the other two, Ovechkin never really went away either. Yeah. Like you can point That's to true. stretches for the other two where it's like, okay, they were they were trying to do it, still couldn't, and then it took them a year or two uh, to figure it out or, or deal with stuff. And with Ovechkin, it's it's been pretty seamless. As as he starts running into problems, he's kind of adjusting on the fly to it. Um, it it's been cool. I Evgeny Malkin's been doing a similar thing in Pittsburgh. He's just crushed by injuries year after year. And it's frustrating to see, um, but yes, o- o- Ovechkin, the Aegis wonder. It's it's awesome. Uh, otherwise, looking at goals, I mean, one of the surprising things: what Austin Matthews only twenty goals, dude? What? Come on,
1: step it up. Third in the league? Come on, you're better than that.
0: Yeah, come on. Uh, Kyle Connor. It, it seems like is he ever gonna get recognized as like a great shooter?
1: Not as long as he's in Winnipeg, I I feel like, you know, as even though it's a Canadian market, I just, I don't know. Players are just so underrated that that do well there. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, he's, he's a fantastic player and has been for a while now. Um, But yeah, he's, he's doing well again.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird, like, Winnipeg players, it's like, well, they're on Winnipeg, like, there's all these good players, and it's like this this team or whatever, and yet Winnipeg every year will be, like, slightly above 500. It's like, well, no, it, it can't be both things, where they're a, an above-average team, but not a good team or a great team. Uh, but, you know, all, all, any player's statistical performance is just, well, they're on Winnipeg, like, that's it, that explains it. It's like, well, no, it, it kind of doesn't, actually. Um, Alex DeBrinkett. Like why do guys like him fall in drafts? I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, we could have a whole long conversation about that. <laughs> I I know, it's just it's it's crazy to me. It's it's that age old yes, you've performed at every level so far, but you just can't do it here. Like why? <laughs> why do we still think that way? Especially as the league has moved away, you know, moved towards being faster and you know less physical in some ways uh it's still mind-blowing to me that gms think that way uh but good for alex to for
1: Imagine if the oilers took him i think what it was like 10 picks earlier they took yeah. tyler benson instead oh, reunited oh with mcdavid
0: yeah that would have been nuts would have been crazy but alex to hero for all the short guys like us it's awesome to see um otherwise goal scoring wise not not too many surprises we already talked about andrew Maggiapani dylan larkin having a good year i think that's one thing we missed when we talked about you briefly talked about detroit dylan larkin's back yes didn't see that coming
1: (laughs) no i I certainly didn't and but good for him i mean Mm -hmm. he's he's stuck it out through a lot of tough years in detroit and he's been a leader for that team and um you know i think he's getting some of that good fortune that, that he deserves
0: yeah uh moving over let's see points wise not too many things stand out JT Miller's been incredible for Vancouver recently I'm happy for him uh you know kind of bounced around a little bit throughout his career looking for looking for a spot that being said he's been consistently good in the past I don't know why team like he's kind of like the perfect second line center I think in a lot of ways
1: yeah and you know, when the Canucks traded for him, I, you know, I criticized the trade at the time just because I didn't think it fit where they were at giving Mm -hmm. away a first round pick. Um, But as far as, you know, identifying a player that's on the market that that makes sense for just about any team where you can slot him in. I mean, he's, you know, he certainly works in that regard. I think he's a fit just about anywhere.
0: Yeah. And then looking at uh, just kind of sticking with the counting stats for a second before we move over to analytics, uh, Adam Fox keeping it going offensively. Like, mm-hmm. didn't see it coming. I'll be honest. I thought he was going to kind of be a one-year wonder type thing. Uh, but proven proven me wrong. And he's
1: a guy who I was very interested to see when the Rangers came to Seattle to play the Kraken. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I went to that game and I kind of kept an eye on Fox pretty much the whole game. Uh, because I didn't watch a whole lot of him last season. You know, being in the Eastern Conference and everything. And him not being someone who was, you know anywhere in the conversation for an expansion draft pick or anything. yeah. So um, I didn't watch a whole bunch of him, but uh, seeing him in that game in Seattle, he was just thoroughly impressive, you know, both offensively and defensively. Uh, the number of times that, you know, even if I wasn't clued in on him, that I would have noticed him making good play. Uh, so no, I, after that game, I was just like, yeah, he's, he's legit.
0: Yeah. And I, I watched probably more of him last year than you did. And what's interesting is last year, it felt very much like he was being productive based off of like just his instincts and stuff and this year he's playing with confidence and he's like oh yeah I can make this happen like I'm seeing a lot more assertiveness from him a lot more of a like a take charge kind of role and he's really driving things this year uh for the Rangers in a in a bigger way than even he did last year and obviously he was very successful last year so (laughs) definitely scary for for the rest of the league there um all right. So do you want to talk kind of analytics stuff for for you know skaters before we move on to goaltending? Anything standing out yeah. to you in that that sense? Yeah, let's
1: do this. And I'm, you know, I'm on hockey reference here and I've just kind of sorted by I think we prefer Fenwick to Corsi, the two of mm-hmm. us. Um yeah. and you know, sorted by Fenwick four percentage, you know, scrolling down past all the guys who've just played one game. I know. Uh we see Dominic Simone in Pittsburgh. Now, I you know, I know you and Drew O'Connor also in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I know you're more of a Penguins guy than I am. Anything to say about those two guys? Because I don't really have a whole lot of a book on those two.
0: No, not too much. Again, haven't seen a ton of Pittsburgh this year watching so much Kraken. Pittsburgh, in a lot of ways, like that whole team is kind of surprising to the upside. A lot of their depth guys, a lot of that stuff hasn't totally led to the team success that you would maybe think when you have like all these guys playing well above kind of their expectations mm-hmm. and, and career levels. Um, but no, I mean, they're, they're all just playing well. And I think the system that the Penguins are using this year, we saw it when they played the Kraken. They are aggressive. Their defensemen are aggressive. The forwards are aggressive at driving the net applying a lot of pressure onto other teams. And I think that just that amount of pressure and, um, you know, kind of sustained pressure, but also we're going to drive to the net and just get shots off and all that stuff. It, it helps pad those advanced stats a little bit. And I think that's, that's partly what you're seeing. There is just the the style of game that the Penguins have put together for this year lends itself to, you know, showing up in things like this.
1: And I've got to add another name there. That's just right, a little bit further down. Evan Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, you know, also part of that line. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you kind of see at the top here. And there's another line here, one that we would probably more expect, and that is Boston's perfection line. You've got yes. Patrice Bergeron, David Pastrnak, and Brad Marchand all right up there in that conversation. I don't think there's anything really that we need to say about no. <laughs> about that line. We we know what they bring. We know what they do. Um, you know, it's just that simple. If you've watched them play. Uh, you know it, it shouldn't be a surprise to you um, yeah, exactly so let's see moving on should, should we look at like worst fenwick four percentage yeah we could do that um uh, i'm just seeing if there's any any names that really stand out where you'd think they'd be better
0: um not not too many it's you, usual right, suspects try? guys hey, there's,
1: there's ryan reeves
0: yeah <laughs> yeah but you know that's <laughs> not know that as, that's not no it's not role. a surprise yeah um, uh kind of a lot of rangers actually as you start looking at it
1: yeah weirdly enough i mean they're it's, you know they've got a good record but uh again, some, some of those guys maybe not maybe not sustainable there that's for sure <laughs> all right so i love this one i'm gonna sort by offensive zone starts
0: barkley who, who's
1: who's <laughs> the most sheltered guy
0: <laughs> yeah
1: um so looking at We've got Scott Perunovic in St. Louis, but that's not too interesting. Top guys here <laughs> that have played more than 15 games, Sonny Milano and Trevor Zegras.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it, it makes sense. Obviously, if you're the Ducks and you have young center like Trevor Zegras, you want to put him in the best position to succeed when he doesn't have to be your top guy. Right. Getzloff is still there and, and producing at at a very high level still. So you can you can put him still in the in the situations where you need maybe someone a little bit more defensively you responsible, all that stuff. But it's this is this is what ideally you want to do when you have a young potential star center is ease them into things, get them comfortable, uh build up confidence, all that stuff. I will say The difference between Zegris, the first game against the Kraken that we saw, and then this most recent game, he is back-checking a lot more. He is playing a lot more defensively. Uh, I think that is something that we'll continue to see from him as the season goes on, and maybe you'll see this offensive zone uh, start number come down a little bit. Just as he gets more comfortable, the game starts slowing down, all of that stuff, but this is just a luxury the Ducks have of being able to send him out there in those spots and not have to force things on him too quick. And that's kind of similar to what I thought we'd see from Quentin Byfield in Los Angeles this year too. Ease him in as a third line center because you've you've got Kopitar and you've got um, my guy that they signed, Philip Deneau. Philip Deneau. you know he can take he can handle everything defensively. Kopitar, obviously one of the best two way centers, you know really. Probably of all time at this point, you could start saying like he's he's one of the greats. Um and, and so byfield you can just kind of throw out there in offensive situations, build confidence, get him used to the league. So I think this shows, you know, yes, the ducks are sheltering Ziegris, but it's because they can't afford to.
1: And one more guy I want to throw out here, because he was up here last season too. Uh Elias Peterson. hmm Yeah. No. And He's a little bit older than, you know, than a Zgris type. And I don't know, is, is that still kind of the way that, that you would deploy him? He's, he's very creative offensively, like a Zgris. You know, is, is that the right usage, do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen a ton of the two-way stuff from him uh, really ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he is offensively minded. And I do think that you want to do that certainly this year as you're looking to really get him going again after the last little bit where things have been in flux for him hasn't been great, hasn't been as good as at least we know he can be, or as we've seen him be as we expect him to be. So I, I think that that is probably smart on Vancouver's, um you know, point of view don't totally have the ability to shelter him in the same way the ducks do with Zgris, Um, But I, I get it. It makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, no, I, I understand it too. And that's, yeah, it's a, at least his numbers now are good with that sheltering. Cause last season, I mean, he would have some of the worst, you mm-hmm. know, Fenwick numbers you'd see in the league despite that. So, you know, at least he's turned it around there. Um, I want to go to one thing that I noticed. So even strength time on ice, this isn't really too analytical. It's just, you know, another counting stat, but I found something interesting, um, sorting by most even strength time on ice. You've got the usual suspects, you know, Thomas Shabbat, Darnell nurse, Zach Wierensky up top. Um, But looking at number 10 on the list, Jake Bean in Columbus.
0: Yeah, I mean, we saw it when the Kraken played Columbus. They are using Jake Bean. They are making the most of him. Obviously, we talked about him a lot leading into the expansion draft. He kind of seemed like the pick from Carolina before, obviously, Ron Francis went with um, Morgan Geeky, which has worked out pretty well, uh, I'd say. But we knew Jake Bean was just a victim of Carolina's incredible depth. along the blue line like he he had well earned this kind of you know uh, ability to show what he can do at the nhl level and get a lot of ice time and so getting it here in columbus um i'm not too surprised that in columbus i mean they don't have an insanely deep blue line like (laughs) they need no um... they don't Yeah. And certainly
1: going through the kind of the mini rebuild, I don't know what you want to call it, but, you know, kind of reshuffling of things uh, in Columbus, they've, they've leaned on him heavily. And I I think looking back at that pick, you know, you really just couldn't go wrong between either of the two. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of the story with Jake Bean. Um, Let's see uh, what other stats to look at. Um, Oh yeah. They have shooting percentage on here. On-ice shooting percentage. Let's take a look at that. Mm, Mikko okay. Rantanen, number one, with 18.6 on-ice shooting percentage. You got also JT Comfer and Gabriel Landeskog in two at three. Um, <laughs> but that's a line where you think maybe maybe not that high is sustainable, but you've got some reason
0: uh, you know, why it might be that high. Exactly, I think of of anything where you're looking at, hey, is this sustainable? It's like, okay, yeah, it's probably sustainable for Ovechkin, not far behind, and and it's probably sustainable for that group because it's, what do you do defending it? Like you can't defend it. (laughs) Yep, you've got other call right. You've got Nazem Kadri and
1: Hachushkin there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, right up in the list, and then of course Ovechkin, Stamkos, Riley shahan
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's actually not surprising if you think about it with Riley Sheahan. Watching him in Seattle, like, I I believe it. The way they've been getting the most out of their bottom two lines, really, a lot of the season.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's see. How much stock do you... I'm just kidding. How much stock do you put into takeaways and giveaways?
0: Not a ton. I mean, maybe at the end of a year when you're looking at the absolute largest sample size. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I also think that's one of those things that, you know, you're your line mates and the team around you can play a big part in
1: <laughs> oh for sure for sure yeah I've, I've just seen some of the takeaway days petrangelo Uyghur, stone nylander um he makes it the giveaways. seeing brent burns at number two on the giveaways list makes say, oh maybe there's something to do this yeah
0: maybe just a little <laughs> all right um,
1: yeah that's what we got for the skaters
0: yeah so moving on to goalies looking at the you know kind of traditional stuff save percentage goals against average freddie anderson Big part of why Carolina's doing what they can do. Obviously, playing behind that blue line, playing behind that team, the defensive system that they have, you could almost plug in anybody and they're going to be successful. But Freddie Anderson, a little bit of a fire under him after everything that happened in Toronto and um, playing extremely well for Carolina. And I don't see any reason for it to stop anytime soon. No, I
1: don't either, except for the fact he was just put on the COVID list. Wow, Yeah, once he gets back. Um, who isn't on the yeah. COVID
0: list? <laughs>
1: okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, as long as the league's still going. Um yeah, no, he's been fantastic for Carolina and he's been a big part of, you know, their success. You just needed a goalie who was gonna come in and, and provide that stability and, and you know, even be as impressive as he have. You know, when you get a goal, a team that that's it's thank you. When you get a team that's that mm-hmm. good in front of a goalie and the goalie playing at the top of his game you get the hurricanes who were at the top points points percentage. Got it <laughs> yes. in the league. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's been a great fit.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I, I just don't see any reason for it to for it to stop or, or slow down as the season yep. goes on. Uh, we talked you know, a little
1: th- stumbling as I got close to the points percentage thing, just get a sentence out
0: and I just I fall I apart. Uh, yes and now we are actually talking about save percentage i'm sure we'll both okay. start calling it shooting percentage for some reason <laughs> um shesterkin we talked about earlier like incredible he just eye test wise and through a lot of numbers too looks like the best goalie in the league right now
1: for sure he's another guy who i was kind of clued into on that rangers Kraken game mm-hmm. in seattle and shesterkin stole that one mm-hmm. uh it was it was the shisterkin and fox show that whole yeah. game really uh, but yeah he's just been excellent and uh you know there was so much hype around him too before he'd even mm-hmm. played for the rangers and he has lived up to that you know in every way
0: yeah and just incredible style of playing like fun you know, it's it's really fun kind of unlike anything i've seen it's somehow efficient while being like on the edge it's it's really really interesting and fun to see um uh, interesting guy kind of high on the list for both of these Tristan Jari (laughs) and it's like it just feels like again maybe benefiting from this Penguins aggressive style this year um, not having to see a bunch of shots and the shots he's seeing are kind of you know easy quick from the perimeter a little more so as teams are just trying to get something going trying to penetrate the blue line Um, but it's it's, it's also, it's, it's a Pittsburgh goalie, you know, we'll, we'll see what you do in April, May. (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. And again, he's another bit of evidence for the whole, you never know what you're going to get with goalies thing. Um, you know, hearing the talk about him last year's playoffs, he pretty much cost them that series, almost single-handedly cost them that playoff series. think, can they get rid of him? What can they do? Mm -hmm. You know, I guess the Penguins were, you know, might've even been lucky that, after that they probably couldn't have gotten rid of him yes. if like they wanted to because uh, he's turned it around in a major way
0: yeah markstrom again it's the calgary effect it's the Sutter effect that's what it is it doesn't fail it does not um let's see you talked about Rhymer, incredible for san jose right now absolutely incredible talked about stolars and quick vasilevsky year in year out just killing it like always yeah, he's the
1: exception of the you never know what you're going to get from goalies rule. He's just going to be fantastic every year. And that's it. End of story.
0: Yep, that is that is just it. So uh, that's kind of it as far as uh, goaltending goes. You know, it's some some interesting guys up there along with the uh, usual suspects, so to speak.
1: Yep. Um, can we look at goals saved above expected? Yes, yes. Because I, yes. You got Anderson, Jonathan Quick at number two. Love that um jack campbell at number four you know he's done well with toronto this season
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah
1: vasilevsky jari up there i want to look at the bottom though because that's always the most interesting i think to look at and i'm sorry we've got to mention this but (laughs) far and away the lowest goal saved above expected almost double the (laughs) second guy so philip grubauer minus 20 goals uh, goals saved above expected uh carter hutton at number two with minus 10.3 almost
0: double it's Uh, it's incredible like i i didn't know it was possible to kind of be that bad like but but it's there and again watching these kraken games it's understandable Right. You see it every game. I mean, we, we've watched every Kraken game, every yeah. minute of every Kraken game. because it's It makes sense. Yeah. He's getting hit with the double whammy of poor defense that's allowing high danger chances and other teams to be put in really good positions to score. And they are because of the poor defense and leaky goalie, just not making saves you should be making. And that's kind of why it's double anybody else is because it's the only one where you have both negatives coming together into this like perfect package for bad goaltending right now and it's just unfortunate that it's philip grubauer but uh talk about a fall from grace from last year it's it's insane for sure and
1: i mean you know you might want to blame the defense alone but you look at even like the arizona goalies carter hart uh carter carter hutton sorry mm-hmm. and uh carol vimelka combine them at their minus 17 you know they're kind of up there and that's about as bad of a defensive team in front of you as you can have um it's it's just not good and and i'm looking at last season as well because i wanted a reference point here Mm -hmm. you know who was the worst last season it was carter hart uh at minus 24 (sighs) grubauer is
0: almost there (laughs) i know (laughs) talking he's only played 23 games it's it's nuts um yeah others you know Real quick, another surprise kind of down at the bottom, Spencer Knight. Mm-hmm. That's surprising to me, especially considering the team playing in front of him.
1: It is, and but you know you can always point to just being a younger goalie. What is he still twenty? Yeah, twenty one now.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is either in way. There.
1: Either way, you know, you can have some bumps in the road for young goalies. We've seen it before plenty of times. I mean, heck, it was just impressive that he was even at the NHL level at age 20 playing playoff games. Mm-hmm. You know, most goalies can't do that. Um, but, yeah, I think he was sent down even to uh, Charlotte because mm-hmm. the uh, the Kraken and uh, the Florida Panthers share an AHL affiliate, the Charlotte Checkers. And I remember seeing a notification from them the other day, like Spencer Knight makes his Charlotte Checkers debut. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, Where like what?
0: Um, but I guess that would explain it. Yeah, and then someone else kind of struggling you know whether you're looking at advanced stats or traditional stats, Robin Leonard. Mm-hmm. Not a great year for Robin Leonard. Vegas has turned it around, but um Leonard Leonard's still struggling there. And it's it's kind of one of those where where you can see why watching the Vegas Knights games that we've seen um the defense does put the goalie in rough situations at times like it is the goalie's job to be the last line of defense like that's kind of their style of play is yeah go ahead make an athletic save for us like that's that's your job and that worked great for someone like flower but you know seeing not so quite for for someone with the style of a robin leonard
1: yeah and you can kind of see that defensive style of hey make an athletic save for us in the difference between you know his save percentage of you know 904 905 which mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, that's lower than you'd want to see. But he's still saved, you know, four and a half goals above expected. So when you take, you know, the shot difficulty into account, uh, you know, it makes the numbers look a little bit better. But he certainly hasn't been up to, you know, his standard and what everyone's kind of expected from him this season. You know, thankfully for him, the team in front of him has just been so good yeah. that it hasn't even mattered. I mean, they're at the top of the Pacific Division now, despite you know not really getting the goaltending that they've wanted to get. So that's another reason I just think Vegas seems like such a contender for the Stanley cup is if they can just get the goaltending figured out, even with the goaltending as bad as it's been having just about all your key players injured at some point during the season, (laughs) not even having your future number one center in the lineup for a single game. And you're still like cruising to the top of the Pacific. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, there, there's just so many more gears this team has that they can hit.
0: Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting, but uh, you know, again we'll see come playoff time because it's they they have officially entered that territory of until you do it i'm going to be skeptical and that's just the way it is like they haven't earned yeah. they haven't earned my you know just yeah, they're they're amazing, and they're going to get it done this year. Like y- you got to see it. They've they've entered sharks territory. They've venture, They've entered <laughs> the Penguins after like 2011 territory, uh, where it was just like uh, you got to you got to do you it. No, they point. can do it, but until they show you. Yeah. Uh, so let's let's go ahead and finish off this podcast with uh, let's just do like a, a prediction for the finals and and who we think, based on what we've seen so far this year, is going to win the Stanley Cup okay so finals who do you got who do you think's gonna make the stanley cup final and uh who do you think's gonna win it all right for the
1: finals i have uh i have the final that the nhl kind of played right before the shutdown I i was serious about that i was dead serious uh tampa vegas you know tampa they're kind of the opposite where until you show me something that shows me you can't get it done Mm-hmm. I have to believe that you will as far as getting to the final, you know, they're the defending two times Stanley Cup champions. There doesn't seem like there's any kind of a hangover there. Uh, and they just keep getting contributions from new younger guys in the lineup to they just seem to have this prospect pool that can endlessly replenish guys that they've mm-hmm. uh, been missing or had to ship out. So Tampa in the East and uh vegas in the west i've talked enough about them yeah everyone listening should know why i think uh, they're gonna make the cup final and i think they're gonna win
0: okay bold bold prediction in the east it is tempting to go with tampa but i'm gonna go carolina because i think this year they don't have to face the florida teams on the on, on their way to you know going deep into the playoffs i think this is the the most depth of scoring we've seen from them you know of this kind of era for the Hurricanes, and I think that's going to be the ultimate difference for them. Uh, is having having that scoring when they when they kind of need it, um, having a very high team shooting percentage, maybe too high. Uh, we'll see. But I just think I think the Freddie Anderson difference. The goaltending difference, maybe making up for some of the lack on the blue line that they've had in years past, but I think it was all smart trade-offs to add more scoring, add more consistent scoring from guys, and I think that's going to make a difference for this Carolina team come playoff time. Cockney is going to get hot just like he did for the uh, for the Canadians last year. <laughs> it's going to be the difference just to just to drive Montreal insane. I think it's going to be awesome.
1: And if Freddie Anderson stepped up during the playoffs, and oh my gosh. that would drive Toronto insane.
0: Again, just, just for the pure chaos it would cause to the oldest, you know, most storied, uh, most big-headed franchises and fan bases in the NHL. We should all want this. Um, it would and, be a good time. Yes. And from the West, I'm going to go Colorado because I think we haven't really seen them at full strength yet, just given the injury situation and everything from them. We're seeing what they can do without it really the thing holding them back at this point, besides the injuries has been goaltending. You know, we didn't really talk about that earlier. It has not been good, (laughs) certainly not for a team at their level, but my guess is at some point they're going to figure it out. They're going to find someone who's going to come in and decide, Hey, yeah, I just want to stay claim to this top job and, and you guys can kind of, you know, I'll, I'll be good enough for a playoff run. And I think that they will. Um, I couldn't tell you for the life of me to, who it would be (laughs) out of their (laughs) out of their group right now Uh, but i i think that'll happen generally with teams like this that are you know they're going to be good enough to get to the playoffs and and if we haven't seen a goaltender get hot from them yet means it's coming every team goes through one stretch of hot goaltending at some point they're saving it for the end of the year that's my idea anyway Uh, but it won't be good enough to be carolina so i think the carolina hurricanes they're my pick for the stanley cup over the Colorado Colorado Avalanche. Um, I could see every, you know, Colorado-Vegas Western Conference final where Colorado just kind of, you know, beats up Vegas. Like, it's just not there. I really, I just have questions on Eichel coming back. I don't know how good he's going to be this year.
1: Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it it should be interesting, especially in the West. I think we've each picked teams in the West that, that the other one thinks is you know, not as good as the hype yeah. uh, it would lead you to believe. I certainly think the Avs are a paper tiger. And as mm-hmm. soon as the going gets tough, they're just going to fold. So, um, but I, I know you have questions around Vegas too. So it'll be interesting to look back on this come playoff time. Oh, and, that's
0: and- why it'll be like a sweep for Carolina in the finals. I just think, Okay. I think Colorado can, can figure it out enough to get through the West this year. Uh, that's all, especially if like their first round playoff matchup is like Nashville or something.
1: Yeah, they could they could get around a team like that because it's not going to ever get tough for them, I think.
0: Right. But as soon as it does, and I think it will. I just I don't know who's going to do it in the in the West because I don't Vegas. I don't know that Vegas will again. <laughs> we'll see. I think they'll they'll try to change their style around Eichel, and it's not going to work.
1: It, it's going to be interesting. It, come playoff, it's, it's I mean, going to be a lot play of fun. back on repeat all series.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much, uh, everybody, for listening to this. Uh, again, this is kind of more so what we do on these Patreon exclusive podcasts. Um, talk about the league, talk about really the top stories usually. And boy, the last month or so, there's been a lot of them. We've had a lot of fun doing that. Um, so if if you liked this, you like hearing us talk about the league as a whole, you know, check out the Patreon uh if you're watching this on youtube link will be in the description otherwise it's uh, i believe it's patreon.com you know slash, slash Emerald Emerald City City Hockey. Hockey. yeah so really easy to go to um when we post this up on twitter you know everywhere you can find it make sure to we'll make sure to put a, a link to it as well um yeah. yeah so thanks for thanks for listening everybody uh hope everybody you know celebrates christmas has a good christmas hope everybody has good new years um we'll see you know, if when we get back to hockey, <laughs> what, yeah. what yeah. things look like and how that goes. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun looking forward to, to the rest of the year uh, doing this, just looking at all these teams. It's getting me pumped. It's like, yeah, let's let's get in there. Let's let's make the push for the playoffs, even though we're not even halfway there yet. You can do it. <laughs> yep. And uh, clearly save percentage is the most important thing in the world.
1: that is the game of goaltending is the game of hockey that's It, it.
0: it apparently so all right everybody thanks for listening so much we will see you all next time